Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this first episode of a new podcast. On the line with me today, I've got Kyle Johnston from Jubilee Community Church and Sean Savides from Christ Church Somerset West, both in Cape Town, South Africa. Kyle and Sean are both involved and have a passion for biblical counseling. And at this time of lockdown that South Africa is facing and that many other countries across the African continent are facing or will face shortly, uh, the idea and concept of biblical counseling could be very useful as people find themselves isolated, uh, facing loneliness, uh, suffering various degrees of uh, trauma, recognizing there's so much panic out there with the COVID-19 virus taking place at the moment. I've got these two guests on the line to discuss a little bit about what biblical counseling is and how it might be useful and how you might find it useful for yourself as you face the next 14 days of lockdown. We're seven days into it. And I don't know about you guys, but um, I woke up this morning and I said to myself, oh my goodness, today's day seven and I've still got 14 more days to go. That's actually a really long time. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how I'm going to do that. Um, how, how are you guys feeling about, uh, about, about lockdown right now? I'm happy to go, Jace. Um, thank you for inviting us to come along to have a chat. Um, it's a joy to be with you guys. And um, yeah, my sort of lockdown experience so far has been relatively positive. Um, I think um, there have been some unexpected blessings and, and some really good family time and, and um, lots of time in God's word. And so, yeah, so far so good. I think you're right. One week in, it's all kind of been easy. I think week two could be more challenging and week three even more so. So um, I guess similar to you, thinking, wow, still a long way to go. Um, but at the same time, also um, uh, thanking the Lord for, for little opportunities that have, that have come along that I didn't expect. And so um, kind of mixed, I think. Yeah, I think my experience is similar. There have been some unexpected blessings, I think, to, to being locked down, having a little bit of a slower a slower schedule in terms of not able to rush out the door in the mornings and mm -hmm. and um, get to the office. But I've also noticed a heightened level of anxiety. I may not be able to pick it up that overtly um, maybe when I'm when I'm working, but I can feel definitely um, when I'm trying to get to sleep at night that my anxiety levels are probably higher than I than I am aware of and just the pastoral challenge of not being able to see people face-to-face -face and having to, with our counseling ministry, having to switch to online counseling, having to stream services, it feels, it, it just, it doesn't feel right, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, to, to um, see people face-to-face. -face. And so there are some, uh, I think, some unexpected blessings to having a quieter Kind of schedule, but the anxieties related to getting stuff online, um, some of the losses around not being able to make the kind of human connections and contact that we normally do, um, I think are, are having their toll. And I think, um, yeah, to think that there's still two weeks left um, is uh, it's it's going to be challenging. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Kali, if I can just add something to that as well, I think. You know, I think it also depends very much on, on individuals' kind of circumstances. And so, um, you know, whilst for us in our relatively comfortable suburban home uh, with enough resources and um, a, a largely positive family dynamic, although that does 
come and go sometimes. Um, for us, it, it, it's, it's easier. I just uh, think it's worth acknowledging that there must be many people out there that are, that are finding much more difficult circumstances. Uh, I'd imagine there are people that are, that are crowded in a small accommodation. I imagine there are people that have very difficult family dynamics and, and family relationships. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I just want to maybe qualify what I said. Um, by saying I'm also very conscious that uh, there must be some real difficulties out there for for many many people, um, some unexpected blessings, no no doubt, um, but I'm sure it must be also some real difficulty too. Mm. No, absolutely. I think that, um, and I think that you know, there, it, it's like you say, it's, there's a lot of a lot of times your uh, circumstances are going to have a massive influence on how you're left feeling in a time like this. Uh, I was chatting the other day to a person who is in another African country and their uh, lockdown was announced the night before and they had hoped that they'd be able to get to their family home, but they, they couldn't in the amount of time that their government gave them. So they're stuck in the middle of a big African city in an apartment, completely on their own, completely isolated. Wow. Um, so the, the internet's really become a lifeline to them, just mm -hmm. what's up and being able to have a little bit of that interaction and, and give and take. But, uh, you know, for a lot of people, that's the reality. Uh, they are, they've been isolated, they've been locked out on their own. And so they're facing a, a unique set of, of circumstances. Yeah. But guys, maybe I could just uh, transition across and, and, and maybe that makes for a great segue because we're all facing this differently. Uh, some of us will be struggling with anxiety. Some will be struggling with loneliness. Uh, some will be struggling with uh, with feelings of panic. Um, we wanted to talk about biblical counseling today, so maybe you could just kick us off by sharing a little bit with our listeners uh, what is what is biblical counseling? How is it different from just counseling? Uh, what is it trying to accomplish? Uh, why are both of you uh, so passionate about it uh, and have taken it on board as a ministry at your local churches? Carl, why don't I let you take it away? Cool. Okay. Um, I think there's probably a number of different ways you can define biblical counseling, but I think at, at the big picture level, it is exactly what it sounds like. It is um, allowing the Bible to um, give you the framework for understanding the human condition, giving you the framework for understanding what goes wrong with the human condition, and giving you the framework for what um, healing or redemption or growth looks like as well. So it really is, it's uh, allowing the Bible to be in the driving seat when it comes to governing the counseling process. Having said that, though, we know that the Bible is designed to build relationship with God. So biblical counseling is inherently relational. It's about walking with someone in relationship, and it's about helping that person connect with Christ through the grace-centered message of the Bible. So although you're rooted in truth, it's not a kind of detached, abstract truth. Um, that truth leads us into relationship with God. And one of the unique features about biblical counseling that I think is especially highlighted at a time of a global pandemic is that biblical counseling, perhaps uniquely, prepares you for eternity. You know, biblical counseling is very because of the biblical worldview is absolutely aware of our mortality, our need to be made right with God, 
and also counsels individuals with eternity in view. We realize that actually we're not living just for this world, but we are we are inevitably facing our own death and um, meeting God face to face and the life uh, that comes after. So I think that's one of the unique features about biblical counseling is this strong emphasis on eternity and how that makes a difference to the way we, we live and counsel today. Okay. Yeah, that's really helpful, Carl. I think one of the ways I've uh, often thought about and understood biblical counseling is is kind of linking the gap between um, the, our theology of the sufficiency of the Word of God. We know God's Word is is everything we need for life and for godliness. Uh, we believe that. Uh, we are we are Bible-believing Christians. Um, and yet, when we look at the world around us, we, we see the confusion and the mess and the hurt and the brokenness. And, um, you know, we see that clearly at a time like this with a global pandemic. Uh, we see loneliness and we see hurt and we see selfishness and we see um, death and we see and we see the kind of the kind of ramifications of uh, of the fall and and so how can we have a sufficient word of god on the one hand and and a life that is difficult and hard and messy on the other hand and 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 how do those two things join what brings those two things together how can we how can we uh, take the all sufficient word of god and speak it into our lives and into the lives of others and um, in a way that it can help us to to live this life better, and um, to ease our fears, to um, give us hope, and 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 so, uh, biblical counseling I think looks to find ways of speaking the truth of the Bible, um, into the situations of everyday life. And um, I guess Ephesians says speaking the truth in love. I guess it, it, in in many ways it's that, it's um, finding a way to take people's struggles and relate them to the all-sufficient Word of God and to take the Word of God and speak it uh, into our lives and into the lives of, of, of those who are struggling and hurting. Um, I actually think it's something that, as Christians, um, we do a lot. I, I think I think biblical counseling is not something massively technical or fancy that we need to spend 25 years studying before we can do it. I think when you become a Christian and you start to apply the truth of God's Word into your life and other people's lives, uh, I think that's biblical counseling. And so even in this kind of technological age when, and even in this lockdown where we can't actually see each other face to face, I think we can still do a bunch of biblical counseling because it's that speaking God's, God's word into our lives and other people's lives. I mean, so guys, what you really, I mean, uh, what you're really saying then is that uh, over the years, it's oftentimes uh, counseling within the church or counseling in Christian circles uh, tends to be around, um, marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling, family counseling, counseling, uh, relational breakdown counseling. But but what you're talking about here is way bigger than just those things. I mean, it, it sounds to me like what you're saying is that biblical counseling uh, applies to uh, everything to do with life and and godliness. It, you know, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think that it's 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 actually congruent with historic pastoral care. You know, if you if you go back into church history, um, whether it was, you know, early church fathers, uh, post-Nicene church leaders. I mean, people have been connecting God's word to human struggles for, for 2,000 years. So this is um, this is really the modern biblical counseling movement is really trying to just be a continuation, essentially, of what we would maybe call classical pastoral care, Um 
it's not just focused only on one area of life. But if you read, if you read some of the, um, you know, what people might call the old soul care writers um, of previous centuries, you'll see that they they touched on a variety of of um, of topics and struggles that God's word addressed. So it really is a kind of this. It is a more holistic picture, yeah, like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, let me grab onto that right there, Kyle, and say, you know, in, in this season that the world is finding itself in, the season that Africa and South Africa is finding itself in, what, what would the two of you say are some of the, the unique struggles that we are going to be facing, that humans are going to be facing during this time of lockdown uh, as it continues? I mean, maybe I can mention a couple, Jace. I, 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 I think the more things change, the more they stay the same. So I guess many of the struggles we'll be facing are similar struggles that people have faced over the years. Um, I think they're obviously acute. Um, so, for example, loneliness. Um, in our massively connected society, there are increasing number of people that are lonely, um, even prior to lockdown or social distancing. Um, but I think lockdown and social distancing exaggerate that. And so your example of your friend uh, somewhere in Africa, he might have had some interactions with human beings face-to-face every day, um, and now suddenly he won't. And so there is a sense in which people are feeling increasingly isolated, um, alone. Um, and with that often, I think, comes comes a level of anxiety because humans are social creatures. We are made for relationships. We are made for, for each other. Um, I think yeah that, that that'll grow and there might be increasing anxiety and 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 possibly fear um i think um i'm certainly seeing uh, some human nature come out in terms of uh, selfishness i think there's a there's a there's an amazing uh, number of people out there that are just thinking as long as i'm okay um how can i get enough baked beans and enough um toilet paper um, to survive, and they're not really giving much concern for others. Um, and then I guess the other thing, uh, the, almost the opposite of loneliness, is 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 this idea of feeling either claustrophobic or feeling, um, you know, being with somebody who you find annoying, be it a sibling or a spouse or a or a family member, and you start um, and you start e- extrapolating. Or a dog, maybe could be a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe, maybe it's your dogs running by and barking. At the he's knocking on the door. <laughs> but it's it's those kind of things. So it's on the one hand, it's 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 loneliness. On the other hand, it's this it's this idea of of maybe feeling pent up and claustrophobic and frustrated. Um, yeah. Two sides of the of the same opposite sides of the same coin, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it is interesting how Sean. I think you see we see the kind of the full because of the variety of circumstances that people find themselves in, we see the full range of human responses. Some of them can be very inspiring and encouraging. Um, some of them can be very discouraging. None of them are particularly new in a sense because um, we're made in the image of God and we can act in, in noble and wonderful ways, but we're, uh, we're fallen and sinful and we can act in selfish ways. And, and that's, that's the human condition and that's what we've always done. Um, but the particular ways it works itself out, there is a real variety here. And I think one of the, one of the pastorally helpful things I think for all of us to do is to think uh, for myself, what am I particularly tempted with? What do I find particularly difficult? 
Mm. Um, what I, you know, what's particularly hard for me that I might need to process with God? Um, are there particular joys, blessings, or particular temptations or struggles that I'm going to be going through um, in the next few weeks and months? And um, there's general general teaching the Bible gives us on how to handle suffering, um, but it can be really useful to try and figure out uniquely what is it that I'm facing, what is it that I'm tempted mm. with, or my struggle with most right now. Yeah, that's really interesting because because each of us comes from um, uh, each of us have a certain hardwiring. We're, we're we're human beings, um, all made in the image of God, but we're all made unique and different. Uh, we've all had very different experiences over our lives, and so we have we we all come to something like lockdown or the the COVID nineteen pandemic um, with our own stuff, our own insecurities, our own issues, our own concerns. Um, for yeah. some people that are maybe um, owners of small businesses, they they're thinking, you know, will I will I have work in six weeks' time? Um, yeah. For people that are already suffering with claustrophobia and um, you know social anxiety, and suddenly you've got to live in a small room with six other people. Um, so yeah, Carl, I'm, I'm, I really agree with you that that often our individual struggles um, and difficulties and, and, and sins that we maybe battle with will definitely come to the fore during this time. It's, it's almost like the pressure cooker's kind of been sealed up and the heat's been turned up. Um, and yeah. So, I think things, mm, sorry. No. Things that we maybe didn't even know were really problems for us. You know, I think something that I've, I've realized is, um, my desire to be productive, um, how anxious I can feel when I'm not being as productive as I want to be. I mean, I've got all these plans for what I want to do, um, get done. And and so underneath the anxiety, there could be a variety of things going on. There's financial concerns. I think we live in a culture that really values money, that really values productivity, that really values health. And so when you confronted with sickness and death, when you're confronted with an economic recession, when you're confronted with a loss of productivity, um, things that we maybe thought actually those weren't really, those weren't really, um, those weren't really problems for me. Actually, when they're taken away, we can all discover actually maybe I was getting a lot of my peace and my sense of, of joy from, um, you know, having those things and now they're gone. And I think all of us might might discover that actually we are connected to these things in deeper ways than we would like to have acknowledged before mm. they were from us. Yeah, which is interesting I mean, guys, because, because because at the same time as 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 obviously those become areas um, that we might only even become aware of now in this time, um, those also then become potential areas for growth. And so, when God's word is then um, you know spoken. Um, into our lives in those areas when we read uh, the Bible and it um, highlights or opens up our eyes to see some of those areas, um, something like lockdown can actually be an incredible time for God's Spirit to be at work in His people and to be and to be changing and to be uh, making us more like Jesus. Um, you know, I, it's funny. You don't always want to. You know, it's it's a it's it's a difficult thing. But at the same time, it's often in the hardest times when God is 
is is is doing his his greatest deepest work and so um what's what's just amazing is as as hard as those things are for each of us and um, they can also be potentially areas for for growth yeah definitely um i think um we know god is absolutely sovereign and god is working working his purposes out mm. i think one of the concerns i have as a pastor is i just i know how hard it is for me to process the loss of anything and often what i need help with is is actually learning how to lament first mm. perhaps to appropriately grieve the loss of something mm. and not be able to access my people not being able to just uh, pop over or for them to be able to come and visit me, but actually having to have the sort of emotional wherewithal to schedule a Skype meeting or something like that. Um, kind of, I'm, I feel a partial concern that I'm just, um, I feel so um, disconnected. I think even though we've, you know, we've got internet connection, not everyone in my church has uh, easy access to internet. Yeah. I think because we're social beings um, designed for community, the our growth process often happens in community as well. And, the, and one of the big challenges, I think, one of the big prayer points for for pastors, for their churches, I think, needs to be that God would give us a special grace to grow in the midst of relative isolation. Um yeah, I mean it's interesting. I remember a, a quote from uh, Tim Keller that uh, you 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 need your community to grow. You yeah. can't grow as a Christian apart from uh, community. Uh, the yeah. quote goes something along those lines, and so it is so important. And it's another, it's just another thing that we've lost. And it maybe isn't the most obvious thing that we've lost, but I think that as time goes by, we'll discover more and more that the loss of community actually has massive ramifications on our, not just our day-to-day living, but on our, our spiritual well-being and our relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. And, and even though we're transitioning to online communication more and more, there is still a massive difference. And and one of those differences would be that in, in a real relationship, when you're in someone's lounge and you're having a robust conversation and something is difficult, um, but you're working through it, the chances of them getting up and walking out your front door are quite small. Whereas mm-hmm. if, you're, if your small group is meeting online and you are talking about challenges and difficulties and people start rubbing each other up the wrong way, it's very easy just to hang up and leave. And, um, and so the nature of commitment, uh, I think the way in which we engage in relationships um, is, is going gonna, is gonna to be affected by, by all of this and we actually need those hard conversations. All of us need to be in relationships where it's hard for us to walk away from each other because that's often one of the ways God helps us to grow and, and deal with whatever it is he wants to do in our lives. Yeah. I mean, Paul says something along those lines, uh, doesn't he, about how he longs to see us. He longs to see, I long to see you face to face. I want to be face to face with you. It's, we're, tired, we're separated for a time, but I, can't, I long to see you face to face. Yeah, both in 2 John and in 3 John, um, you know, you have statements like that at the end. In 2 John 12, he says, I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink instead. I- All right, well, guys, I think that this really gets us to the crux of the matter uh, and why we're uh, recording this podcast in the first place. We've 
we've spoken about loss. We've spoken about the struggle that people are going through, uh, the suffering that they're going through, the trauma, the anxiety, etc. So, um, what what are some things? What are some tools? Uh, what are some concepts that come from your experience of biblical counseling and what you know and the way that you use it? And I know that you guys usually use it on a one-on-one level or a two-on-one level. Uh, so this is com- this is a little bit different. But in, in your experience, what are some tools uh, and some helpful insights that you can provide to our listeners uh, from the world of biblical counseling that they can use during this time in their homes, on their own, or with their families, or with their spouses, uh, to strengthen them and to help them get through the next 14 days or maybe even longer? Yeah, I, th- I think... One of the convictions in biblical counseling is the conviction that the best resource I have is my relationship with God. And I don't have anything better than that to help me navigate through life. And so that's a huge comfort because it means that I can talk to God about what I'm going through. And I think the place I would want to encourage people to begin is probably begin with the things that are the most difficult. So if you feel anxious, if you feel like you're experiencing loss of some kind, my encouragement would be to go to God with those things and actually even to name them, um, particularly anxiety, which can feel like this amorphous blob of concern and it can feel infinite and endless. Anxieties are actually finite and they are actually specific. And so if you can go to God with your anxieties, with your concerns, if you can cast your cares on the Lord, um, that's a good way to start realizing that he cares for you. So pressing into relationship with God through prayer and through reading his word, hearing him, speaking to him in prayer about the things that are on your heart, lamenting with him. Um, for, for many of us, we will come out of this uh, having suffered some kind of loss, uh, whether it, it may not be physical, but it could be. Um, but it may be economic. And so there's a good chance that for most of us, we're going to come out of this with some kind of loss and processing that with the Lord would be good. And the Psalms give you a fantastic place to go with that kind of thing. Um, and, and hearing Can things be back. Let me just jump in up there a second, because you've used that word at least twice now, just in, uh, in this interview. And I've seen it around the internet a lot lately. Uh, it's that word lament. Uh, I know it's a biblical word, word, but it isn't a word that maybe gets used a lot uh, in church today. It sounds like a bit of an older word, uh, but at a time like this, I think it's an incredibly helpful. What, what, is, what does it mean to lament? What is lamenting? One phrase that I found really helpful when thinking about lament is that it is seeking to discern the presence of God in the presence of suffering. So instead of... You know, we, we can typically respond to suffering in, in, in a variety of bad ways. We can either allow the suffering to completely define us and overwhelm us. We can get into denial and try and ignore the suffering and just escape into alcohol or Netflix or whatever. What Lamaine tries to do is tries to be honest that God is good, even though life is difficult. And articulates trust in God whilst acknowledging the reality of suffering. So it gets very specific about 
what I'm actually facing, very specific about what I'm actually suffering. And you can actually journal that. You can write that down. You don't have to. You can just talk it out loud to God. You can pray it out. Um, but also acknowledging who God is and realizing that although life is bad, God can still be good. Um, and so lament, you see that happening in the Psalms very often. The psalmist is acknowledging his circumstances. He's acknowledging the suffering, but he is rejoicing and trusting in a God who is faithful despite what he might be experiencing. Carl, I think one of the ways then practically to do that is to, is to actually read and talk about psalms with people. So if you know of people that are struggling, maybe in your congregation, maybe your friends, maybe someone in your family, um, have a look through some of those psalms. Uh, you know, Psalm 3 through 7 are, are the men's psalms. Um, about about a third of the, all the psalms are all the men's psalms. And what those do so powerfully is they, is they often give words to our, to our anxieties and fears. Um, sometimes in our struggles, we don't even know. It's hard to verbalize um, what, we are, what we are struggling with and sad about. And um, the, the, the Psalms of Lament become a wonderfully practical place to go and to pray those, pray those Psalms for yourself and with people in your, in your congregation or in your, in your, in your circle. Um, what, what a great thing to do to say, let's, let, let's open up um, and read Psalm 3 together and think about how it applies to our situation and how we can pray for each other um, in the midst of Psalm 3 and in the midst of our struggles. Um, it could be quite a practical way to maybe go about that. Okay. Yeah, and the fruit of lament is um, trust in God and perseverance in the suffering. So lament actually has this wonderful fruit because it enables you to keep going. Mm. Okay. Mm. What are some other tools, guys? Other helpful insights? I, I've seen I've seen quite a lot of good stuff online. I think for the first time in a long time, um, people are looking for 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 content. Um, in our busy normal lives, I think we are struggling to find any time to put content in. And um, in terms of good kind of Christian input, um, and so there's some fantastic uh, resources um, on the Gospel Coalition and uh, through CCEF, the Council, Christian Counseling and Education Foundation. Um, I know lots of people have got good links to podcasts and to Christian writers, and 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 so what a what a great time to be um, tapping into some of those uh, resources and sharing them and talking them through. Um, what, what I've seen done quite well is to is to get a little group of, of friends together, perhaps a, a, a Bible study group, maybe a few people struggling with the same thing, and say, "Hey, let's listen to this podcast, or let's talk." through this um, particular chapter of a book, or let's, let's, let's engage, let's read it, and then together uh, look at it, uh, whether that's on um, Squadcast, on Zoom, on uh, chats, just through, I, I, think, I, think, I think WhatsApp chat kind of face-to-face has been, has been used more in the last week or so than it maybe in the, in the, in the year leading up. And, and so suddenly for all of us just to get, on our phones and, 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 and get on our computers and spend time together looking at some, at some good resources. Um, no better resource than just looking at God's Word, uh, you know, reading chapters and sections together, um, setting up meetings, groups. Um, what did I think Tony Payne from Matthias Media was encouraging people to, to form triplets um, uh, where three people get together and, and, and speak through a particular chapter or a particular psalm. Or a, so, so that could be a really good way to do it. 
Um, again, as Carl said, there's no substitute for sitting with people face to face and shaking hands and and hugging. But in in, in these days, I think meeting um, uh, through social media is 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 effective and good, and can bear incredible fruit. Um, as we remind each other of the truths of of of, of the Bible and of the gospel. Sorry, yeah, I think that's really healthy. No, no, just to build on that, I think it's a really healthy way to maintain relational connection. Um, it's 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 what we've got, and it's a fantastic thing. And I think in line with that, I would encourage people to keep up their spiritual routines. You know, including going to church on a Sunday. So, I think most churches are trying to do some kind of streaming option or something like that. And you know, um, being online at the same time as you normally would go to church. Um, maybe if your home group or your life group is able to also meet online, try to stick to those existing routines, um, even at a personal level, your own personal Bible reading. Um, you, you, you might be able to add some new things to it, but I think if you just kept to the existing routines you had, that would be good. And that could even include things like trying to spend a little bit of time every day working, trying to spend a bit of time exercising, you know, just getting into healthy, sticking to healthy routines. I think one of the dangers of something like lockdown is you've got all this time, but it's very easy to kind of waste it and to end the day feeling frustrated, tired, unproductive, Hmm. Um, you know, and we probably need wisdom to know how to make the best use of a very strange situation we find ourselves in. Yeah. I mean, I think it's strange because it's we have never been so alone together uh, all at the same time. And I yeah. think that that is really what everybody's feeling. And over the next couple of days, they'll begin to, to, to feel it more. Uh, guys, thanks so much for, for jumping on the call. I don't know if there's any last words that you'd like to, to just share or any uh, last thoughts that might be uh, helpful along the way for, for any of our listeners. I think I would just, um, what, what I would say to others is something I've been thinking of for myself. In, in James chapter 1, James um, tells us that perseverance must do its work so that we would become mature and complete. Um, and we know that suffering, you know, the, the, the before that he talks about rejoicing in trials because trials produces perseverance. And I think for myself, and, and perhaps this is true for others, we've, we want suffering to end. We want life to get back to, to normal. We want things to get, get back to an easier stage. And I think part of trusting God and reflecting on his sovereignty is realizing that in hardship, God is doing something in me. God is, God is um, wanting to bring me to maturity. He's wanting to bring, he's wanting to make me more like Christ. And I, I suppose for myself, I've been realizing I need to let perseverance do its work. I need to not just try and um, keep wishing at this, um, that I could just skip this phase actually life is life is difficult and partly is that is God's design so that we would become mature and complete, not lacking in anything. And so my encouragement to others would be what I'm, I'm trying to encourage myself to do, which is let perseverance do its work. Um, you know, God is refining us in and through this. He is with us. 
He is never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. And he is up to something good in the midst of suffering and upheaval. Um, and just encouraging people to keep knowledge, to keep trusting God and, and allow him to work in our lives. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, my follow on from that, I would just, you know, been spending some time in John's gospel and John 10, 28. Um, Jesus reminds us that those who are his, he has in his hand and, he will never let us go. He will never leave us. Um, he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so um, I would just encourage anyone, uh, as I encourage myself, to remember that God is God is with us. Um, Jesus is with us in our suffering. He never leaves us or forsakes us. And um, that doesn't mean hard things don't happen. Um, it just means that he's with us um, through, through the storm. And um, we can always turn to him and we can always call on him. We can always... Uh, pray to him. Um, he 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 hears us, and so yeah, cast your burdens onto him. Uh, he says, "Come to me if you are weary and anxious. I will give you rest." Um, and seek your rest in Jesus uh, at this time. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, for those of you out there, if you wanted to explore some more during this time on biblical counseling, please head over to. Uh, africa.thegospelcoalition.org or thegospelcoalition.org or ccef.org uh, to check out some of the resources that are available there that you might find helpful. Uh, but just for me, can I encourage you to keep on leaning into God in prayer, keep on leaning into God in his word, keep on leaning into the Spirit uh, at this time. Um, remember the spirit that God gave us. He didn't give us a, a spirit of fear, Rather, he gave us a, a spirit of power, a spirit of self-control, uh, and that's the spirit that we are entrusting ourselves to. Uh, if you found any of this helpful or you'd like to know more, please uh, drop us a line, and we'd love to be in touch and point you in the right direction. Uh, but from me and from Kyle and Sean, thanks so much for joining us today, uh, and we hope that the rest of your lockdown uh, God will do his work of building perseverance in you uh, because we know uh, that in his children and the saints, uh, the ones that he loves, God works uh, together for uh, the good, for the ultimate good, for the salvific good of all those whom he has called to himself. Thanks so much for being with us.